Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our patrons, Tim Spivey and Shannon Williams. Thanks so much for your continued contributions. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And first of all, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties with today's live show. I had everything set up to start right at 6.30. And OBS, the software I use to stream the podcast so you can see the show logo and everything. And I'm in my nice little picture in the corner uh, decided to crap out on me. So, um, yeah, oh, Bill's actually watching. So this will be the variant stream then, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of fits with today's show. But today is filled with, or I should say this podcast, is filled with glorious purpose because I'm going to be talking about Loki, the series on Disney Plus that just wrapped up. And I've had a lot of fun watching the Marvel shows. And this one especially that I'll get into uh, in just a bit. But, you know, I remember when WandaVision came out back in January because I haven't really discussed these series at length on the show. I've dabbled a little bit. I don't think I talked about WandaVision at all. I know I talked a little bit about the John Walker character from Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I didn't do like a you know season review or a preview or anything like that. And I talked about the my predictions for the Loki finale, which for the most part, I was not correct on. I was kind of right, but for the most part, I wasn't. Um, but when these shows were announced, I was looking forward to them in the sense that I thought it would be something a little different than the movies. You know, when WandaVision came out, they had the teasers with the sitcom setting and everything. And you're thinking, well, how how is this going to work? And that unfolded the way it did. And I actually thought WandaVision, is it perfect? No, but I really enjoyed the sense of like a different direction that Marvel was going in. And I thought the story was really creative in the way they presented the sitcom setting and why it was the way it was. Falcon and Winter Soldier was a little slow to get started. And it really felt like 
typical, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but typical Marvel show. But I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I thought the first three episodes were a little slow, but other than that, I thought the last three were really good. I think seeing Anthony Mackie show up as Captain America in the finale was awesome. I thought his speech was great. Some say it was a little preachy and unnecessary, but I personally enjoyed it quite a bit. But when it comes to the shows, I think Loki is the one that I was looking forward to the most because I like the Loki character. And I remember he being a huge part of the early stages of the MCU. He was introduced in Thor, was the villain of the Avengers. And it was almost to the point where he was a little too exposed or maybe used a little too much, if that makes any sense. We didn't see him for a bit other than being in the Thor movies. Then we go to Avengers Endgame when you know the Avengers go back in time to get the Infinity Stones and Loki takes the Tesseract from 2012 and disappears. Well, right there, there's a story and that's where Loki picks up. And seeing, you know, the the teases of, and I will say we are going to get into spoilers with Loki. So if you haven't watched it, I would recommend, first I'd recommend going to watch it because it's a very good show. Then come back and listen to the recap. But Loki, to me, had, I think, the most intrigue when it was announced because we had a feeling that it was going to deal with time travel. Maybe the multiverse, because the multiverse has been talked about now for months upon months, especially when Disney acquired the rights to 20th Century Fox and the rights to the X-Men and all of those properties. So, in a way, almost everything is canon now, and the finale kind of showed that because, well, I I don't want to get into the show in chronological order, but I did want to kind of give, you know, my overall thoughts on the series as a whole, some things I liked about it, some things I didn't like about it, and those who are watching live, and I know we're still having some technical issues, so uh, my apologies for that. We'll, um, we'll see, yeah, because Facebook's saying we're having trouble playing this video. Let me uh, refresh this real quick before we uh, we get started here. I don't know what's going on with OBS because it's just been... It's worked perfectly fine. I've had maybe one or two issues with it. And today of all days, I restart OBS, I restart my whole computer, I restart my router, and it virtually does nothing. So, I don't know, but we'll... We'll, uh, we'll battle through it. But uh, anyway, when Loki started, I knew that it was going to be intriguing when we saw the, the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, show up. And right off the bat, I was like, okay, so clearly this is dealing with time travel. And then as we learn, the TVA is there to prevent was called a Nexus event, which would branch off into a different timeline, creating multiple universes. And these so-called timekeepers were in charge of keeping what's called the sacred timeline. Things unfold from there. We find out that the timekeepers aren't real, and then there's someone else behind it. And we, we knew 
for a while, like ever since Ant-Man, that King the Conqueror was coming in, and it was presumed that he was going to be the next Thanos-level villain of, you know, the MCU. But I didn't really want to get my hopes up too much because Mephisto was rumored for WandaVision. We thought that he might show up in the finale. That didn't happen. I think WandaVision tempered everyone's expectations with fan theories because thinking, oh, Doctor Strange is going to show up, which apparently he was, according to rumor and innuendo, that he was going to show up in the finale, but they cut his cameo. Um, So I didn't want to get my hopes up too much, but after seeing episode five and seeing the castle and everything, you know, we thought, okay, well, clearly it's, it's, it has to be Kang or some variant of him. I was thinking maybe, because my, my prediction was that there was going to be another Loki who was supposedly ruling the timeline, but he would turn out to be a decoy or a red herring. And then Kang would show up either at the very end of the episode or in the mid credit sequence, which would then set up uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. But what I loved about this show was that I felt like you got to see great character development with Loki specifically, because even in the beginning, you know, when he shows up the TVA and he has his little prison uniform and everything on, he still has that mindset of, I want to rule everything and even finding out that the infinity stones and the TVA are essentially useless. Like they're used as paperweights. And that was a little bit on the nose to me personally, because to me it was Marvel saying essentially we're moving on from the infinity stones. So everyone else should move on too. I kept thinking maybe they'll have some type of role, maybe in a very minor way. Once They're outside of the TVA. They, I mean, Loki and Sylvie, who I'll get to in a second. But I definitely felt the waves of change the most, even from the first episode of Loki. And I I think that, to me, is what makes it stand out other than, you know, the, the ending and really setting up the next phase of the MCU in a bigger way. I felt like WandaVision and... Falcon and Winter Soldier were almost like epilogues to Endgame. And, you know, you had these characters that had such traumatic events from Infinity War and Endgame with you know, Wanda obviously dealing with Vision's death the way she did, with Bucky and Sam having to move on from Steve Rogers being gone. It was really, to me, an epilogue and seeing how these characters dealt with the immediate effects of these very traumatic events. Uh, yeah, Bill says, sorry, but it's lagging you more than dial up. What I might have to do is just post the recording of this, um, unfortunately. So I think I might end the, um, the live stream here, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's very unfortunate. I don't know what's going on with OBS. It's currently reading at 568 now down to 551, 608 kilobytes per second. But, Well, it is what it is, so I think I'm just going to end the live video here, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I'll be posting this. You'll obviously be hearing it uh, when it comes out. So, Um, But yeah, I I think... Where was I before I um, got sidetracked there? Oh, um, 
whereas Loki, I felt like immediately was laying the groundwork for phase four, because we've got, you know, Spider-Man coming out in December. We have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out in March. So I, I think I, something I noticed from the very beginning was that Loki was laying that foundation, but I felt like more happened in the first episode of Loki than what happened in the first episode of the other shows, if that makes sense. Like I was more intrigued as far as like anticipating what was going to happen. WandaVision was more of a curiosity. Falcon and Winter Soldier was, okay, clearly something else is going to happen. So what what exactly is it? Let me move my my window over here. I'm going to stop streaming. That's, that's really unfortunate for some reason. I, I don't know what's going on with OBS, but hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get that fixed for the next live show. And, but what I enjoyed the most, I believe, about Loki was seeing his character development, as I was mentioning earlier. Those first couple of episodes, you could tell he was still in that mindset where he wanted to rule everything. He wanted to rule the TVA once he kind of got a feel for it and was seeing what was going on. You know, he's like, oh, I'll rule all of time. But by the end of the show, he didn't want that. And especially him interacting with the other variants of the different Lokis, Sylvie being the biggest one. You know, we had the mystery of who who is this hooded figure and um, Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, who I loved, by the way. I was so happy for Owen Wilson in the sense that he got to actually act, not saying he hasn't been entertaining in a lot of the comedies he's done, like Wedding Crashers, Night at the Museum, but we haven't really got to see him be in anything on that level than a Marvel show. So I, I thought he really did a, a fantastic job. And some of my favorite moments were just he and Loki sitting around talking. Like, I think if you had done a whole episode of Loki and Mobius talking about time, talking about the past, the future, I would have enjoyed that. And a lot of people didn't like that about the finale with Loki and Sylvie talking with He Who Remains. But I love the conversation because it's laying the groundwork. You know, it's is it very dialogue-heavy, which I find funny because in the first episode, Mobius is like, I know you love to talk, and he does the whole talky-talky-talky type thing. The last episode was mostly talking, but I loved it. I loved laying the groundwork for what we're going to get with the final, not the final episode, but with the future of the MCU. Now, I do have some reservations. Well, first, first let me go into some of my favorite moments from Loki, and then I'll get in, into some things that concern me about the new direction that Marvel's going in. First of all, loved Owen Wilson, loved his interaction with Tom Hiddleston. I also liked uh, Sylvie quite a bit. I enjoyed the, to me, what was a very interesting and very odd uh, romantic relationship is kind of how it turned out. Uh, Sylvie played by uh, Sophia DiMartino. I, I thought she did a, a great job. Like To me, all the acting was, was very good in this show, but when it comes to acting, I got to give it to Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. So, when Loki gets pruned 
and we think he's dead, we see this mid-credit sequence where he's in this area that looks kind of like a purgatory. And he wakes up and he sees four variants of himself. And I remember having to pause it the second time around and thinking, is that an alligator that this kid's holding? But they're they're wearing, you know, the, the Loki helmet with the horns and everything. So clearly they're all variants of Loki. So my immediate thought was, okay, this is clearly some type of a purgatory that does it like it's basically where all the variants go to be eaten by Eliath, this giant cloud creature that is being controlled and is like essentially the guard dog of the void. And all the variants are having to survive and everything. We meet President Loki as well. But hearing classic Loki's story and how he was basically in hiding for years, and as soon as he came out of it, he was arrested by the TVA. I thought he did an excellent job of playing classic Loki, and we see the the old costume that you know from the old comics. And I I hope that when we get Multiverse of Madness, because Tom Hiddleston is rumored to be involved or reprising Loki in the show, I think one of the coolest things that they can do is go to Earth 616, a.k.a. the 60s Marvel Universe. And I hope we get maybe a de-aged Richard E. Grant as that universe's Loki. I think that would be so cool. And plus to see Chris Hemsworth maybe Chris Evans in like the old 60s costumes would be awesome. And I I think, you know, hearing his backstory, hearing from Kid Loki, his Nexus event, aka the thing that caused him to be arrested was killing Thor. And of course, you know, Alligator Loki just steals the entire show. And I, I want the Alligator Loki pop like right now. I wish I had it right here on this uh, this panel here to... To display, I, I should. I, I'm thinking about changing up the set a little bit, where like the the panels will still be here, but I kind of want to have maybe some shelving to put, you know, a couple of pops, maybe some some props and things like that. I don't know. Let let me know what you guys think as far as what I should do with that. But um, yeah, overall, I I thought Loki was was great. It's been, you know, I've watched the finale now twice watch the next to last episode twice. I just think it was all so well done from casting to the set design. I was even coming home from work today and prep for the show. I listened to the score and the score to me. And I'm, I'm looking to see who oh, Natalie Holt wrote the score for this show. Everything from, you know, the Loki theme song that has kind of that creepy twilight zone esque, kind of feel to it was was awesome and hearing the the end credits when we get to the finale which I'm about to touch on but the whole dun dun bum 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 like it it just drew me in and that's what I love about musical compositions or scores they can really change and change the feeling of an entire scene and they set the mood because yeah, you can have the perfect lighting and all that type of stuff. But if you throw some bad music into that scene, it can ruin it. But if you have the perfect score to it, 
then man, it can really add to it. And I thought the score was excellent in Loki. Now, my concern as I start to wrap up here, because it's going to be a little bit of a, of a shorter show this week, but I, I have some reservations about the direction of the MCU. Now, I think they can do some really cool things. Now, what, what happens in the end of Loki is that Loki and Sylvie meet with He Who Remains and re- learn that he is controlling this entire timeline and keeping the multiverse from breaching. Because even as he mentions there are variants of himself that are much more evil and more dangerous, that he's essentially keeping at bay. Now, Sylvie, who has been on the run, she's a Loki variant. She's been on the run for most of her life. She looks at he who remains as the one responsible for her life essentially being ruined. So after a fight with, I call him Loki Prime, she sends him back to the TVA and kills he who remains. And with his dying breath, he says, I'll see you soon. And we see the timeline branch off and the multiverse is born. So we are officially out of the Infinity Saga, and the Multiverse Saga is born. Or as I like to call it now, the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Now, Loki, when he goes back to the TVA, he tries to find Mobius, who has also escaped the Void, to explain to him that someone very dangerous, or variants of someone very dangerous, is on the way. And Mobius has no idea who he is. He's asking you, like, what division are you from? Like, clearly you're from analytics, so where'd you get this information? Who are you? I don't know who you are. And Loki looks out into the TVA, and he sees the statues of the timekeepers have been replaced with Kang the Conqueror. And everything from Loki's tone as he's pleading with Mobius to the music and seeing that statue... We've seen the next big bad arrive, and I can't wait for it. Now, my reservation with the multiverse, I don't know if it can be sustained for 10 plus years like the Infinity Saga was. I foresee Doctor Strange being one that wants to bring the timeline back together, whereas Wanda will not. And Loki, I think, will be kind of caught in the middle of everything. Because all this leads into Spider-Man No Way Home, where it's been rumored that you know, we're going to see villains from the previous incarnation of Spider-Man movies, and we might see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield themselves playing variants of Spider-Man. Now, to me, there's no doubt that that's going to happen. Like, I will be shocked beyond belief if those two don't come back. And then with Multiverse of Madness, clearly we're going to the multiverse and Wanda was, is going to have much more of a role in that. I think Multiverse of Madness is where you can do some really cool things where you can have you know, Doctor Strange go to the old Fantastic Four universe where they could bring back Chris Evans as the Human Torch. I mentioned Earth 616 with the 60s versions of the Marvel heroes. You can even, if you wanted to go really obscure, you could go back to the 2003 Hulk. Or maybe it was 2003 Daredevil and 2004 Hulk. It was either 03 or 04 when that Hulk movie came out 
with Eric Bana, and you have Eric Bana reprise his role of Bruce Banner. I think that would actually be really cool. Now, my ultimate dream is that they do a cameo from Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Whether that'll happen, I don't know. I also think this is how they bring in Deadpool to the MCU. But um, what do you do after that? Like, how, how far do you go with the timelines? How much do you go with having these alternate versions? And I know they'll do different versions of Kang, or at least I think they will. But where do you go from there? That's my big concern. And I, I would love to hear, you know, what you all think. Uh, definitely uh, respond in the in the comments below. Um, would love to interact with some of you. And I, I hate that the live show crapped out on me because I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on what's going to happen and everything. But uh, overall still, granted, my, I have my reservations about what's going to happen with the future. I think in short term is great. I just wonder how long they're going to keep up the multiverse and how do they keep it from being too complicated and too confusing for casual viewers. Because I think something they're going to have to do in Spider-Man is they're going to have to explain a little bit about what happened with the timeline. Because you're going to have those who didn't watch Loki or didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision. So I think you're going to have to have that at, at some point, but... Um, loved Loki, easily my favorite of the three Marvel shows. I'm excited for more shows, to be perfectly honest. Um, granted, I'm intrigued what they're going to do with the next couple of movies, but you know, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and now Thor, Love and Thunder are the ones that I'm looking forward to the most, and of course Guardians 3, but that's a little farther down the line. But I'll be curious as to how they integrate Shang-Chi and the Eternals into what's going on and where it fits into this new timeline or timelines. Who knows? But uh, thank you all for listening to the show. I apologize for it being a little bit of a shorter one, but um, you know, work's been kind of crazy and having to balance a hectic work schedule with things going on in my personal life and still doing the show, doing Nerd Cave Retro has been it's been a bit of a challenge, but there's about a month, a little over a month left of the season. So um, things will get back to normal around um, late August uh, into September. So I appreciate you all being patient. For those who tried to watch the show live, I do very much apologize. Uh, but this, of course, will be online for you all to listen because you're listening to it right now. But uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, I'm on Apple Podcast. Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm also on YouTube. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. If you want to follow me on Patreon, sign up at patreon.com slash Podcast for early access to episodes, a chance to vote on show topics, and so much more. You also get early access to my new watch-along series that I'm doing every month. There's a really good one out now. With myself and my friends Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps, we watch the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out their new album, Call for a Good Time, anywhere you can stream your music, and be sure to follow them on social media. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. 
and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. <laughs>